need a cup of water, guys. It's, it's crazy. But I always need water. H2O is my go-to. Always has been, even though Gatorade tastes better. Water's always been the best thing. Um, so like I said, it's, it's been an awesome day so far. We've gotten to see a great thing happen today. Uh, Corey answering his call on his heart from God. That's awesome. I was a part of that. Ricky's been a part of that. You guys are going to see God move and flow through this young man. It's going to be awesome. See, I get emotional, guys. Ricky got me all emotional. Sorry about that. Hey, I try not to cry. I don't like speaking in front of people crying. It gets me all like, ooh. I'm supposed to be a man, right, guys? Like, we can't cry in front of people, right? No, I'm, I'm seriously filled with joy in my heart for this guy. Um, I've seen Corey grow a long time so far. I've only been with you, what, nine months? So it's been good. But hey, I'm going to tell you a quick little story real fast. I'm going to tell you a quick little story real fast. So, growing up, I've always been a fanatic of sports. I think most people who get to know me know that. I love football. Football is like my, my second love, I would say. Jesus is my first. But I never really was able to play it growing up. You know, I wasn't good at it. Um, but I just I felt that I needed to be around it, and I was. I ended up being the team's manager for a while. And uh, I was, when we think of manager, what do you guys think of? I was, I produced the water. I, like I said, man, I got to have that water. We got to give the water. The water is essential to everybody's needs when they're playing a sport, especially down here in the south. Like, I know down here it's way hotter than up in the north. So, like, what, Bama, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, all, there's a lot of hot, a lot of heat down here. So, we got to have that replenishment, that refreshment of water. So, I go and I'm this manager for a while, and, um, you know, it was kind of tough. Sometimes some of the guys that were the jocks, the mean jocks, they would spit in the cooler or they would make fun of me. And it was just kind of like really demoralizing and it just really bugged me. And it was just an external battle that just kept bothering me. I just could never get past that part. And as I kept moving forward, I had this anger flowing in me. And I remember one day, one of the guys did something and I just took off running as fast as I could and I tackled. I ended up tackling this guy. Well, the coach saw that. He's like, oh, my gosh, this guy's got some talent. This guy's got some talent. We're going to put him at linebacker. I said, linebacker? I said, I'm only 6'2", and I'm 190. Like, it doesn't matter. You're, you're hit. Can you play? Can you do this every game for me? And I said, I'm going to try. So sometimes I stutter, which is a real thing. I do stutter sometimes. Um, it's been a, a problem, but I think God's got me a little bit past it. But as I continued in this journey of managing the team but also playing now, I've kept – I've got two jobs now. Tackling people and producing water and producing the best water I can. And I tell you what, I make sure when those guys come in and out, even the refs, I give them their water. I make sure that that water is there so they can be replenished. They're not cramping up. You know, you guys ever seen somebody cramp up? Have you seen somebody cramp up, Ricky? Yeah. Ricky did the other day. He was, he was outside pulling weeds in. I said, here, I got your water. Don't worry. But no, um, so as we get further into it, we get, we get to being really good. And we get to this, the big game. And mama was always against playing football. And one thing she always taught me was, is girls were the devil. And she loved cooking crocs on uh, some, some grills. She loved gator, gator meat, putting it on the grill and stuff. So we, we ate, we, <laughs> so we ate, we ate some gator meat here and there, but uh, those were the two things we did the most, was girls were the devil and uh, gator meat. So she finally woke up out of the stage and realized that this was what I love doing. I love playing football and I love producing the best show you could ever have. So in this, we get to this big game and I'm here and we're playing the Louisiana University of Cougars, I believe. I mean, these guys are like way bigger than us and they just, they're monsters. Well, they knew all about me. They knew my talents and tackling. 
and I used to be their former water boy, actually. And uh, so it was like a sweet redemption. I got to go play against the team that got rid of me, and I get to produce the best water they ain't gonna have anymore. So as I'm here and I'm playing, uh, we get to this one point in the game where I recover an onside kick and I get smashed at it. I get smashed. Well, I go unconscious. And there's this one thing that I always kept. It was like this really nice fluorescent bottle or it was just like, it just glowed. There was something about it just glue. It just glowed so well. And there was just like this light in it. But it was this one particular water that you could never get. It was just a pure water. And somebody brought it from the sidelines. And they said, I know it's going to wake him up. They're like, let's just try this water out. He's never opened it. He's never taken a sip of it. Let's just see what this does. I took a sip of that, and I did the most crazy acrobatic thing you'd ever think of. And I jumped up and I said, that's why I call some high-quality H2O right there. And we got back. <laughs> Long and behold, we ended up winning the bourbon bowl. And I'll tell you what, it was the best experience of my entire life. Now, what got me there was this water. If it wasn't for that water, I would have never been around the football. I would have never been around the teammates that I made. But it was this water that got me to where I was at this point. So, but before we go there, like I said, I stutter sometimes. I'm not always good. So let's go to the Lord and uh, Father in prayer, okay? Definitely, Father of God, as we sit here today, Lord, I just I pray that whatever's going on inside their heads, whatever's in their hearts, Lord, I pray that the attacks from the enemy are subdued, Lord. I pray that they just focus on sitting at the table with you, Father. I pray that they just focus on you, Jesus, Lord, that what you're about to do in their hearts, Lord, that you're going to transform hearts, that you're going to move in such a mighty and powerful way that they're going to feel like there's a peace about this, Lord God. So, Father, it's not, not because of what I say. It's because of what you say, Lord. I'm unworthy, God, but your son who was so worthy, who died a death for me and for everyone here, Lord, he makes this so that we can hear you and, and have that relationship with you, Lord God. Father, I pray that your words just take control of our hearts today, Lord, and I pray that they just move and, and shape us going through our week, Lord God. I pray these things and I lift these things up in your name. Amen. Amen. By the way, that was not my real story, okay? We know. There's a movie called The Water Boy. Water Boy. Adam Sandler, he's a classic. I'm sure you guys know him. I had to, that was, that was perfect. It's one of my all-time favorites. So. All right. So... Most of you guys know that I've been here the last few weeks. We've been going over this um, Summer for Your Soul, and it's really about this refreshment, like truly refreshing. And as I, as I said before, like with the water boy story, like always having that water, refreshing yourselves. It is so important and vital, vitalizing to get us to just calm down and rest. Like today, Ricky, he's taking a time to sit back and relax and refresh himself. You know, he's a hardworking man. He's been you know, serving and the guy's been doing big things, but there's a time when we need a rest. We just got to take that rest. So that's that's what this is going to be about and, and more so about it. But um, so the last couple of weeks we have been talking about refreshing your soul and what it entails to. And as Ricky has said before, the mind desires, but so does the soul. See, our mind is what we think about all day, throughout the day, throughout the week, night and day. But like when those thoughts come up, that's what our, our hearts start to feel. That's what starts to build up inside. So we have to be very careful where we let our mind travel to. And if we don't feed the mind the right stuff, our soul will end up thirsting and hungry. Like, it sounds crazy, but like, what's inside you would be, like, imagine being thirsty and hungry and not eating for two or three straight days or drinking it. Like, that's what your soul's going to be like. It's going to be craving that. It's going to be craving that right food, that just anything to get in there to give you that fill-up. So, following that, we know enemies will come, but don't focus on them. As Ricky said before, not focusing on the enemies because when we do that, it's distracting us from what God is trying to put in front of us. What we're having placed before us at the table, the most important meal is with Jesus. And 
in that, when we focus on what's around us, our mind starts to lose itself. So if our minds aren't focusing on the right things already at hand, our mind's going to be losing itself, but then that's when our soul starts to, to lose itself too. Our very drastic part of our being, what God gave us, our spirit. So in that, we begin to be exhausted. So what are you going to do to focus that brings your soul rest? So to find out more about that, go ahead and I'll give you some time to open up your Bibles to Psalm 63.
fleeing from the enemy. Now his son is dead, and he was also trying to be called, killed by his son. And it's like I said, you who are parents, like those who have a son or a daughter, imagine if your own kid was trying to come after you and murder you, what that would be like. Put yourself in David's shoes right now and just be present in what's going on. So we see the hardship at this moment, but we notice what he sees in the beginning of the psalm, which brings me to my first point of the two that I have for you today. So if you guys like to write some stuff down, if you guys drop notes down, I got this uh, first point for you. So this first point is external circumstances can't affect our internal. Your external circumstances can't affect our internal. You might be wondering, what do you mean internal? Well, internally, our spirit. As I said before, we have this thing that God gave us, and it was a spirit. It was able to connect with him. It was our human spirit, but there's a link between us and God. There always has been. It's just sin has taken over the world, and has taken us away from that. But in this, do not let the struggles, the external parts, affect your relationship with God. If we focus on these things, we drift away from having faith in God taking care of us. Like, like I feel like we all experience that. Like, this past week, I was stressing so much about school and preparing the sermon and jotting all this down. And I was like, wait a minute. If I'm getting all flustered in my head and I'm allowing these things to come in and I'm allowing stress to be my external battle, then I'm taking my eyes off, my eyes off the Father and finding peace in what He has and what He has in store for me. So I was already battling with this little struggle and I was already tempted in trying to figure out how to fix it myself. I was worried about how to get it done myself rather than allowing God to give me the provision and the sovereignty over what he wants. When we take our eyes off of God and we start to take, do that, it becomes easier for the enemy to surround us quicker. Now the enemy can be a lot of things, but in this case, I'm going to pretend to Satan. Satan can come in and use any kind of influence to influence you with anything that he can to get you to draw your eyes off the table with Jesus. The distractions that we talked about in the past couple weeks with Ricky and what he's been saying. So what that does is that allows us to be surrounded quicker by him, but that allows us to begin to fall back into relying on temporary placement fillers. Placement fillers that you used to use in your life that were not so good. Mine was alcohol. Mine at one point in time was pornography. All these things start to fall into place back and go back to this old habit of, okay, well, this gives me this temporary fulfillment. This gives me this temporary peace or gratification or satisfaction. It's okay. But the enemy wants this to happen. But God doesn't. God loves you. He doesn't want that for you. He has something so much better for you. He just wants you to endure. Like we see here in the passage with, with David. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and land, there is no water. Like, he has this physical and internal battle of being thirsty and hungry, but he knows that he, he's taken care of. God's going to provide for him. No matter what the case is, God is going to be there. His provision, his sovereignty is going to be over all of it. So he wants us to keep our gaze fixed upon him. So we look back at David, this man in the wilderness, with his son and army out to kill him. He never turned his gaze off of God. Kept looking at God and just said, I know it's just me and you. I know all these things are around me. But I don't want you to focus on him, and I'm not going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on you. You see, I'm ADHD. That's really hard for me to do. Like in school, it was really hard for me to focus and be paid attention. So I give, I give thanks and praise and glory to God now that I can do my job and just work and be present. But as we continue on, David had this external battle, but his soul was planted in the Father. His soul was planted in the Father. We have to really take a close look at that, of where 
why his soul was planted so well in the Father was because his mind was staying focused on God. Even though he had these calamities and these extremities coming his way and being in a cave and hiding and running from Absalom and King Saul, there's nothing that's going to stop God from doing what he wants to do for David. He gave David a promise. Which is going to bring me to my second and final point. So point two. What's your soul eating and drinking? What's your soul eating and drinking? In verse five, David says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed. Now, in this, he says, My soul will be satisfied with fat and rich food. It's saying that, imagine going to go and growl, eating, and just filling yourself up. That's how full he is with God's spirit. Like, he is that full that he will give that much praise to, to the Lord. He doesn't need anything else. What God's giving him is the pure filling of his spirit and his soul, the strength that he needs. So what is your soul feeding and drinking right now? Think, take a quick little thinking. What are you allowing to come in that's keeping you from fully relying on God? Are you taking time just to give half portions to God and saying, oh, well, I'll do this for now, but I'll bargain with you and I'll do this is what I want to do right now. I feel like as, as humans we tend to, we do that a lot. We start to find this complacent and we get kind of lazy and we say, okay, well I'm fine where I'm at, but God doesn't want you to understand that. Just like David, David didn't get lazy and just said, well, I'm going to hide in a cave all day. No, he knew that God still had provisions of what he wanted and he still had to move and trek along. So if we take a quick jump to this section, I told you about the beings filled with rich and fat food and how David's spirit is going to give praise with joyful lips to him. So, like, think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You guys all know him? Yeah, bodybuilder. Mostly roids, we know that probably. But still at the same time, that dude literally worked day in and day night pretty much to build where he wanted to get to. He wanted to be a bodybuilder. Now, to be a bodybuilder and to be in the gym and lift and to, to get this certain strength and physique, he had to put the right stuff in. He had to get the right stuff, the right nutrients, the right supplementation to make his body grow stronger physically and, and mentally. It is a mental thing. So when we look at them, what are they eating to become strong? What supplements are they taking to grow? We know it has to be healthy stuff, like I said, clean and pure for it to have the effects of growth and strength. Chicken, broccoli, all that good stuff that no one likes, that I don't like. But I just take it in anyways. It's just like, I mean, the things that we put in is what we're going to put out. So if he's putting his nutrients in, he's going to grow. It's going to take a process to grow. He's going to grow physically. He's going to grow naturally. He's going to be stronger. So back to my point. What is your soul eating and drinking? Just like they need those nutrients to grow stronger, we as humans need something to let our spirits grow stronger. Well, what is that? Well, you're saying, Taylor, what, do, what is there that I can put in that's going to make my spirit grow stronger? Stronger with God, stronger for myself that when I know I'm in a, a battle that I can fully rely on God and not have to worry about doing it myself. Well, there's a lot of things. I think one of the most important things... It's not the most important, but it's one of the most important things that I see now is the, the small groups, community. Having community is so effective in, in being around people that can hold you accountable, but also walk through you, walk with you through life and take you through those struggles and carry those burdens with you. I myself will literally go through that with you. 
I will desperately do everything I can until until I, I can't. I have to give it to God completely. But I will do anything I can to walk through you with life. Ricky does the same thing. I will do anything. You have everything around you that you need. Like I said, community, small groups, discipleship. One-on-one discipleship helps you so much in building this relationship with each other, but like through God. Being a disciple of Jesus, you become a disciple of others too, and you help them understand who Jesus is more. You're not going to have all the answers, but the thing is that you're building together and you're growing with God and you're going to carry that relationship to help others. It's like Ricky said, you might not be ordained and called into ministry, but you are called to be a disciple of Jesus and share that with every person that you come in contact with and be with in the workplace. One of the most important spiritual nutritions that you probably can find forever and that will last forever is the scriptures. God's word will never fail you. You might not always understand it, but it will never fail. That's why when you're with somebody that's discipling you and, and you're understanding it and they're, they're carrying it with you, they might have the answers that you might not have, vice versa. That's how this works. But God's ultimately going to show you what his provisions is, what his, what his word is truly saying to you. I promise you read something through three or four times in the scriptures, you're not going to remember what you read before, but you're going to see that God showed you something different from it. See, if we take the community, we take this word, and we start feeding on it, and we start being in it every single day, I can guarantee you your spirit, your, your strength, and your spirituality, just like David here, is going to rise and give praise and joy to God no matter what. No matter what trial you're going through, no matter what mountain you're on, no matter what valley you're in, He is going to be there presently. That spirit is going to be there with you because you've been sitting here and eating the food that needs to be put in your body to grow you spiritually stronger. You see, I, I refer back to uh, water. I was talking about water a lot and how it's so essential to our body. Our body's made up of water. And like I said, in the, in the water boy, the thing that he was more worried about the most was making sure that this water was clean and pure. That that was the thing they got because at the end of the day, when they're when they're sweating and they're they're tired and they're exhausted from the battles in the field and stuff, they've got to have this replenishment, this refreshment, this refreshing. That goes in and just carries them through the rest of their time there. But the most important thing is Jesus. Jesus is the living water that we need. Out of everything that we have, he is the living water that we need. So let him quench your thirst. Let Jesus quench your thirst instead of allowing alcohol, instead of allowing bars to be your, your thing that you go to. That was my thing back in my time. when I was, Before I walked into a relationship with Jesus, it was bars, left and right. Alcohol, left and right. Women, left and right. Stop letting these things come in and take a place at the table that don't belong there. See, that's the enemy. That's the distractions that are coming in that are taking their seat up there. I'm sitting with Jesus, and he's pulling his seat up, and I'm like, bro, you can't be here. This is a one-on-one thing right now. This is my date with Jesus, not you. Get out of here, Satan. See, he doesn't care, though. That's his, that's his place in, in this world and in his life is to destroy and corrupt God's creation, which is you, me. His place here on earth is to destroy everything that God wants to have for us, everything that God has made from the beginning to the end of time, even though he doesn't know he's already failed. The thing is, is that when we allow Jesus to quench our thirst, we no longer need anything else. There's nothing else you need, just as David said here. 
He still gave praise because he stood fast in his love and it was better than life. Jesus' love rains down. He wants it to be poured into you. I mentioned the word quench. Did you know the definition of quench is literally satisfy one's thirst by drinking? <clears throat> satisfy one's thirst by drinking. Let this be what you eat and drink, this word. Let it be on your hearts. Let it stay on your hearts. Let it control and be a part of your life. It's like I said, you're not going to understand it all the time. But God's going to come in and move and He's going to show you how to get to there. He's going to move in you. He's going to push you. You're going to feel like you can't win that battle, but He's going to be there and saying, I have my shield and armor over you. Just trust in me. Believe that I'm there with you. There's nothing that's going to break that. Have faith. Faith, which is confidence. John 7 real fast. You guys don't have to do that, but I just want to let you guys know what Jesus says at this point. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Wow. Well, the only way I would have known that is if I'm actually doing what I'm doing right now is reading that scripture. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. There's many things that we believe in and truths, but they're false. They're false pretenses. You see, I've come to realize that having knowledge of God and having this belief of God is good and all. But it's strong, but it's not as powerful as a relationship is with Jesus. See, a relationship allows you to connect intimately and build so that you can give this, the love that you give from Jesus, you can give to others. Like as impact drink, love God and love others. The only way I can be able to love somebody else is if I'm in a loving relationship with my father. You know? I'm not, I didn't always have a great relationship with my father in real life, my physical father. My biological father left when I was five. Had a stepdad come in, and he was amazing. Provided financially everything, but it was there was still this butting of heads. But the one thing I always thanked him for was that he always said, "You need to know who God is." Well, I was like, "Okay, well I know who God is. This makes me I, I'm a, I guess I'm a believer if I know who God is. If I know who God is, I know that He created me. I know that this man went to the cross and died. But the, see, the difference is, is that." We know that we are sinners, that this man came into the world named Jesus, and that he went to this cross and died a gruesome death, lived a perfect life, but was mocked, scrutinized, spit on, and went to that cross still for you and I, so that we can have this relationship with God, so that we don't have to be in an eternal separation from the Father. See, that's what hell is, is eternal separation from God. It's not about the fire, the sulfur, the smell down there. It's, it's the eternal separation of God. You have no longer... Presently have your spiritual father anymore. He's gone. That is, I couldn't imagine that. I could not imagine having a life without a father who loves me unconditionally. No matter how many times I screw up, no matter how many times I hurt somebody, God's still saying, I love you. I know you're not perfect, 
but because my son was, I can have this relationship with you. You just have to believe in that. You have to put that on your heart. You have to drink what I'm putting down in that cup. See, there was a cup that Jesus had to drink, and he asked and prayed to the Father to take it from him. But if it be his will, he would take it and still do it. He still drank from that cup because he had faith in what God was doing. So my question to you today is, what are you feeding your soul? What are you doing to refresh your soul? Are you allowing the things, of the, the falseness of the world to tell you that this is who you are and this is what you should be? Are you believing in what Jesus is telling you who you are? Are you seeing who you are in the mirror with God or in the mirror of the world? The world's going to dig in the grave behind your back while it's pretending to be your best friend. It took me 25 years to understand that. It's a long time. I couldn't imagine a year or two later being in that same spot. I reflect on that a lot. I give thanks and, and praise to God. But I finally experienced this living water. I was tired of allowing the, the, the distractions the enemy was throwing towards me to come and eat those distractions and take them in. Finally, a plate of food that was pure and clean and righteousness. I was able to eat from that plate. And man, like think of your favorite dessert. Mine's like chocolate peanut butter together. So I'm going to say cheesecake with chocolate peanut butter. Sarah makes a dope Reese's peanut butter cup cheesecake for my birthday every year. So. so like I couldn't imagine eating something like a broccoli salad or something compared to that. Like no way. I guess my, I know it's not a good reflection on the God, but like, like think about that. Do you want to eat something that's, like as Ricky said, the tuna, you want the tuna or do you want the caviar? Or do you want McDonald's or do you want a steak? I ain't talking about no steak from Outback. I'm talking about like that $60-something filet mignon, you know what I mean? Like, do you want that or do you want a double cheeseburger from McDonald's? The choice is yours. Choose wisely what you're allowing to take part in your life, what you're putting in. Jesus died for everything that is going on inside you, right? All the battles, all the, all the external. He doesn't want you to focus on that. He's, he's so involved with what's in here, inside. He died for all of those things internally. Hold fast to that. Don't let that go. Don't let us look, overlook at what he did through his life and into his death. Let our gaze still be affixed upon him. Still look straight across to him at the table and say, even though I have all this mess on me right now, I know you still love me. Let's pray.